You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Alright guys, we are back once again um, for another episode of Habs Nightly. The uh, the charge for Bedard continues. Um, Habs currently playing Boston, losing 3-2. Um, points from Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki, which is awesome, and we'll get into that. But before we do so... Um, Have you seriously not seen Mrs. Doubtful? Oh wait, Boston scored. <laughs> Never mind, I'm looking at it again. It's four four two. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, Corey, how have you been, buddy? I'm good, dude. Um, I'm actually setting my route for tomorrow mid-episode because uh I'm I'm trying to adapt to a new management position. Uh, and I completely forgot to do this. So uh no, dude, pretty good, pretty good. Um, uh, first week at the new job. Uh tomorrow will be my last day of the week. Uh, but I'm car shopping also, and it's disgusting. The uh, the the price of a, a automobile right now is just I don't know. I don't know if I can even afford to have a car. I can, but it's like I'm gonna lose so much money doing this. And I I just I I'm not having fun. I I'm not gonna have fun until like Sunday when like you know, I already have the car and I've already just accepted I'm going to be paying for this for forever. Mason, how are you? How's um, I'm pretty good. Um, the season, or sorry, the uh, school season, um, slowly winding down, exams are approaching. So, um, you know, kind of gearing up for that. I have my OSCE on Monday, which is my nursing assessment um which i am looking forward to but i'm kind of you know kind of nervous having to perform a (laughs) like an actual medical thing on someone so we'll see see how that goes but i'm uh, i think i'll do okay hopefully um you'll be all right it's just nerves yeah no and just you know like the whole gravity of the situation, like too, right? Like right. You're dealing with, yeah. Um, no, excited to. I have my. Uh, I've accepted a position at, um, as a PSW in the summer, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, kind of like you know, a lot of stuff's been going on. Just recently, got that offer today, actually. So that was nice. pretty, pretty fucking exciting. Um, kind of get awesome. like a. My first, like, well, not my first, like I was an arborist in the summer, but it feels like a, not if, you know, this is a job that it's not my end goal, but it, these, this is a lot of people's careers. So it's, it's pretty cool for me to uh, right kind of enter the adult world sure per se, but yeah, no, just been grinding with school and 
you know, been been pretty keeping my head down pretty hard. Um, other than St. Patty's Day, which uh, I'm sure was interesting to experience in uh in New Orleans. Uh, I sat at home because uh, I'm kidding. I worked seven days in a row. Uh, God bless the service industry for New Orleans. Nothing. This place wouldn't exist without the service industry. And uh, I'm a piece, a smaller fraction of that than I used to be. But, uh, what up? but yeah, Dude, no, I don't know really what it's like. You know, who has, yeah. You know who has fun on this three parades for St. Patty's day. Um, the people that have fun are, are transplants and rich people. That's it. The fuck is a transplant? Like someone not from New Orleans, because the people oh, okay. that are from New Orleans are in the service industry because tourism is the number one, you know, job for everyone down here. So, so a lot of people that are from here are fucking working, and the people that aren't are like the top end middle class, like your fucking first. So what responders. do you like? And then people I, that I don't aren't think from we, here. I don't think we've discussed it. What? Um, because it's a largely French um heritage down there, but. Is there, since it is an East Coast town, is there like a large Irish segment in New Orleans? Like, is it a big deal down there? Fuck. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's like insanely big. Um, I like, I'm honestly just, I have no idea. I've never, like, I know, I, look, so look, there, there's, a, there's a good portion of them, dude, but like, so I, I grew up in St. Bernard Parish. We have what's called the Irish-Italian parade, but it's fucked up because it's the Irish-Italian Islanos parade. But I think that the Islanos community was brought into celebration on that parade later. So like all the old heads are still from being kids are used to calling it the Irish-Italian parade. I don't know. Maybe that's just a lot easier to say because it's not three words instead of two and it's the South. Um, but yeah, so there's a, where I'm from, there's a, it's very heavily po- populated with, uh, Irish descendants, Italians and, uh, Islanos people. And, um, honestly, right across the river, uh, in kind of like the Algiers area, I'm sorry, m- more like Gretna, but like straight up against the water, German settlement, you know? Okay. So it's like, honestly, Look up the history of New Orleans. It was built by uh, prisoners, you know. So we're like the people that the okay, English Asians. didn't want. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the French Canadians and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that my entire life I knew that there was a a group of Irish people. I just knew that somewhere deep in everyone's. Um, you know, muddy, muddy waters of, of, you know, um, descendant origins, uh, there is Irish, you know, but yeah, no, like, yeah, it was just, I, I figured, you know, that city seems to the city just parties, you know? So, and I guess that's step one, you know, uh, that even if we didn't have the biggest populace, which is we're known for Irish people, but I'm not, I've only met a couple of them that were just like full blood, 
like Irish and then from here, you know, but we do celebrate it pretty hard. We, uh, I think right before I left my old job, we colored like a hundred, a hundred kegs of Bud Light, um, Ultra, Budweiser, Stella, Green, you know, and to bring to the numerous, um, festival and the three different parades i was actually um the big i was really the big sad. irish bars I, I did not get any green beer this year i hate green beer oh what i was waste. so excited when you're drunk though and it's you know that keg like it if that keg is at a place that is having an underwhelming you know uh irish parade or you know saint patty's day they can't sell that keg anymore. You know, it's like, it's got, they got 24 hours at best. To move I would that say, I would say 48, 48, the Friday and the Saturday. Maybe. Oh, I just, yeah, I just, I just know of all the kegs that I helped turn green in the past, you know, three years, three and a half years. Uh, if I, if I put out fucking 50, I think only, only <laughs> Only you're telling me you're telling me that LSU. I'm not saying LSU. You You asked New Orleans. Is LSU not in New Orleans? No, dude. That's in Baton Rouge. Uh, Oh, it's like an hour. It's like an hour and 45. No, dude. If we had LSU down here, I would never, never had worked in special events. I would have had to work. The fucking LSU Tigers game, their season, the Saints season, Tulane Green Wave, who won their fucking football championship this year, and the New Orleans Pelicans with a fucking mate, you know, professional soccer league coming too. Not a shot. Not a fucking shot, dude. <laughs> I I could not deal with Tiger fans this close. Fair enough. That is terrifying. If you if you ever find yourself driving through Baton Rouge and you get to the river and you see all the fucking chemical plants, you know, because it's you know, it's just a port basically. You see all the chemical plants as you're crossing over this terrifyingly tall bridge, and you look either to your left and right and see, I don't know, like a fucking machine god's thumbprint in the skyline it's it's bigger than anything out there and it's not there's not like there's not a lot of big towers right right by it but i mean the size of tiger stadium is just unfucking real mason if if you can if you can find a picture of it look it up dude it's terrifying and you would think it's like oh it's there it is in the distance no it's it's like pretty far away from the bridge, yet it's like on top of the bridge. It's fucking huge. And they max that bitch out. How many homes they, home games they get? Like eight? Just eight times. Eight times a year. They max that motherfucker out. And it's enough to keep it around. <laughs> it's enough to make it one of the, the biggest SEC schools ever. I mean, yeah, like, because it's so big. I just assumed it was in, like, the main city. No, dude. Uh, 
I tell you what, though, it would be unreal, like, to just be a sports fan and have, like, the last 10 years of the Saints minus, like, three years uh, and then have LSU in the same fucking neighborhood. I, I would honestly probably be, a fo- like, a bigger football fan. College football, <laughs> SEC football in person, unreal, unforgettable experience. Like you no, don't even have enough. to like the um, sport. These guys are fucking nuts. And I and I saw them every single year that I was in events. They always had something going on down here, whether it was the Sugar Bowl, the Louisiana, like I think it's like kick kickoff where it's like the first game of the year. It's like two SEC teams. Um and then the national championship against uh what's your boy? The one who uh Trevor Lawrence, the one who went to the Jaguars. I was at that fucking game. It was sick at the Superdome. No, fair enough. But yeah, just getting back to the point, I'm <laughs> just wondering how uh, how hard you guys uh, went for <clears throat> um, St. Patty's Day. Um, very, very hard. Baton Rouge definitely harder because it's just kids, dude. Kids don't yeah, know well, what's going for, on. It's, it's People funny. Your my age. my university, um, our like our school color is green. Sick. So for St. Patty's Day, it's harder than Hoko for us. I don't like, know what Hoko is. is. Our, what is Hoko? Is that like homecoming? y'all's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. first first couple weeks. Heard that. Um, What's your, what's y'all secondary color? Um, Fuck, I don't even know that we have a secondary color. Dude, not going to lie. Uh, really sick, underrated school colors, like a dark green. And like a it just a crisp gray. I think it's like a white. Dirty. Yeah, it's white. It's green and white. Light green or a darker green? Dark like, green. It's like Tulane green? No. No, it's like a dark, like I don't know. Look up Trent University. You'll see. Trent. Trent Reznor. <laughs> Peterborough. P- Peterborough. Just look up Trent Ontario. University. It'll pop up. All right, images. Okay, nice school. Nice. Is this an Irish school? You got a little sword in the water. This is Excalibur. Excalibur. That's Excalibur. That's yeah, our. Dude, like... Look, your colors are fucking green and gray, dude. Sick color scheme. How do you not yeah, know man. this? I don't even go to the school. I don't pay for the school. How do you not know it's green and gray? <laughs> it's not gray. It's white. I'm looking at a great dude. I've I've, I've seen. I've seen three logos that are like a, a gray and green. It's it's your Trent University logo. Dude, I'm telling you're colorblind. That's white. That's Jesus. That's great, champ. That that's just not true. That's not true. It's not true. Anyway, dude, have we even talked about hockey yet? Well, no, I was getting there, but you know, we you're fucking, you're color, you're colorblind, dude. Dude, you are colorblind. If you think that's gray, <laughs> that's no, fucking like... gray, dude. I'm looking, I'm looking at a shop right now. I'm looking at Logo something you sword. could buy. That is white. Yeah, champ. But look at look at the one that's got the font, and it's the <laughs> font. The font's not the color. Yes, it is, dude. I'm I'm looking at a hoodie right now that I can buy for like sixty bucks. 
You're bro. P-U. Every every university it's gray. has a gray version of a oh, hoodie. Oh, get the. It's not a gray hoodie. It's a, it's your colors, green green hoodie, and yeah, the lettering with a white outline. No, the lettering is fucking gray. No, it's not, dude. I'm looking at it on Google right here. I own that hoodie. Dude, you don't have this one. It says Trent University to you. Oh, you're looking at the TU one. To you? Lame. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not the one paying for this tuition. <laughs> I'm telling Ooh, you. Mind. Anyway. You're colorblind. <laughs> um, so what? In hockey news. It is fucking gray. It's not fucking I'm, gray. I'm going to fucking call your school tomorrow. And be like, what's your color scheme? I'm not going to send my Trent University. I'm not going to send. I'm not. I did. And I got green and gray. No, I'm you not didn't. Gonna, it says white and green. I'm not going to send my son to your school unless, you know, I, I'm really picky on color scheme. So I what we working with. And they're going to tell me. Corey, like, I looked right. it up and it says white and green. Why is the logo gray? The logo isn't gray. I'm looking at it. I'm gonna put out a Twitter poll here if you don't. Dude, who cares? Like be like, look at this idiot from New Orleans. I'd be like, yeah, I'll never see this child ever in my life. Not you. The fucking the plug fucking trying to pick on me. Dude, I just I don't I'm looking know how. green. A green of like an orange brown in a motherfucking blue gray. Get the fuck out of here. I'm on your website. I'm on your website. An orange brown. Open up your open up your website for Trent U. Transfer Trent to Trent University. Transfer week March twenty seven thirty one. Why would they not put their school motherfucking? You're looking colors? at you're looking at where it says transfer week. Yeah, no shit. That that is our color. Look at the color scheme with it. Why would they put your oh color? Oh my god, you're crazy. Nah, dude. You this are this mental. entire page is filled with dark green. Wood orange from Crayola it's, and there's fucking more gray. Green, there's more dark green and white than anything else. That's the fucking background. That's the screensaver. Oh, oh god, my here, god. You're you tripping. I'm going to call your school tomorrow. Please and I'm gonna it. and I'm gonna tell them who's responsible for this. And maybe we'll get some clout. But um, yeah, dude. Wow, we're the number one undergraduate university in Ontario. Undergraduate. Is that because y'all can't pass? What? Like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Excuse me? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Anyway, getting back to, <coughs> to hockey. um, Because I don't know how the fuck we got on. About Trent. You keep going. I'm going to keep checking this out. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> uh, Lane Hudson and Sean Farrell, both nominated for the Hobie Baker. I think we touched on this, right? Top 10. No. Did we not touch on it last episode? No, last episode we had to be quick. We both okay, had so stuff. Both uh, players have been nominated and have finished in the top 10 for the Hobie Baker. Obviously, Sean Farrell, who we're expecting will sign with the Montreal Canadiens uh, following the end of this season, had a phenomenal year, 52 points, 33 games played. Um, third in the NCAA in points. Um, I believe he was second in points per game. 
just incredible from him, but uh, who me too. And I want to talk about Lane fucking Hudson um, continuing to just be Lane fucking Hudson because there's no comparables at this point. What he is doing is not just insane, but also historic. He just passed Brian Leach for the highest scoring season by a U19 player uh, or U19 defenseman in the NCAA since 1986. Holy Brian Leach. Oh, just like, and <laughs> I've just been trying is, to like take this in. That's crazy. He is, now, he is now two points away from equaling Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes freshman seasons combined in points. Think about that. That's terrifying. Left, left or D? Doing. Left or right? Lane Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson is a uh, left D, I believe. Oh, my God. That's sick. Remember when left we couldn't D. get a left D to come up to save our life? Now we need. Now we've got too many of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, just an incredible year for lane hudson who not only is running out of comparables because he is simply the game's becoming like it's just too easy for him this year you know like he can't mess up <laughs> like an off night is no. still like an explosive night you know but not only that but he only needs three more points to tie um, John Gibb, who did this in 1978 for first place all time in points for a defenseman in his draft in his like year after the draft. No shit. Which is absurd. <laughs> dude, um, dude. Brian Bader um, tweeting out he does the um, NHLE equivalent stuff. Uh huh. That um, Lane Hudson has put out the basically how do i put it the the highest d plus one equivalency among all drafted d men ever who didn't play in the nhl directly after being drafted which to translate that for those of you who may not understand nhl equivalency is um a statistic that basically it ranks it's a data set and it ranks how this player performed in era just points and everything how this what did so in the ncaa for example a player that is lane hudson's age that produced similar to him what did they what was the problem what's the probability of that player becoming not only an nhl player but also a star Mm -hmm. um lane hudson has the single highest nhl probability ever in the NCAA <laughs> data set, which is That's terrifying. just insane, <laughs> like just mental to wrap your hand, head around. Um, yeah. To say that his season was, has been successful would be such an understatement. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Um, to say that, Habs fans overhyped him 
I think understatement. Also, an under <laughs> is an over is an overstatement. You're tripping. No, I think it's an overstatement because I don't think anyone going into this season thought that Lane Hudson was not even his greatest supporters, the Sebastian Highs of the world who had him ranked in their top 10. Where do um, you think he falls at this season being his draft his draft year? If Lane Hudson not not not, this, not with this group, not with this terrible. group, not with this group. If Lane Hudson's redrafted, if you're doing a redraft of last season, Lane Hudson is in the top five. If I'm not, thinking he's going like first three. Easy. I, I don't think I I think it's unrealistic to say he goes first overall because you're you're I think you're disrespecting the talent of Shane Wright. I think you're disrespecting the talent of Logan Cooley, David Jiracek, even Slavkovsky, I think, mm-hmm. with just the size. But he is the top five player, and he like absolutely in this draft class. If you redraft it, I think that's fair to say. Now, oh things my can god, and we got this kid second well, round, sixty-two overall. To pump fell. the brakes a little bit, <laughs> no one ever said the NCAA would be the problem for Lane Hudson, right? Right. It has always the question has has always been and will remain. What happens when he gets his it? shit kicked? Yeah, can he do it in the NHL while he is, you know, going to be undersized? Honestly, if he's but, elusive, God, dude, I don't think many people can stop him. But based on the NHL equivalency and just his talent and his. He has a certain skill, talent for adapting. Um, Lane Hudson, if you actually watch him, it, it's weird to say because he's so shifty and his edge work is so good. But his skating is not like great in a straight line. Mm-hmm. He's very talented at stopping, starting, you know, being shifty. And I think as he gains more weight, You'll see that only improve as he'll be able to cut faster, right? But Mm -hmm. he's adapted his game this season in a way that allows him to use his strengths to kind of offset his inefficiencies. And we saw, we obviously, he's done that almost to perfection in the NCAA this season. And as he gains weight and size, um, he's playing at like 163 right now. You know, you hope he bulks up to about 175, 180, right? You hope he gets so he's solid, not getting thrown around. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a player who, despite all the challenges and despite all the issues, he's battled and proven it at every level of hockey, at every level of competition he's faced. Lane Hudson, in my opinion, is one of the best prospects, not just in the NCAA, in the HAB system, but in the game of hockey. And what the crazy thing is, his season's not over. This, we have, like, this is our best prospect. Bar none. He he is the cream of the crop for the Habs organization. And if we can add another elite player in this draft, I think this you, you're starting to see the makings of a very, very, very elite team 
in the Did, Montreal Canadiens with a lot of high octane skill. Didn't he make it really far into um, training camp last year? Hudson, no, no, no. no. Uh, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of what's his name. He he got a, a chance up this year from your hometown. Owen back. Owen back. Yes. NCAA players will never get that opportunity. Yeah, because they're not. Back. Yeah. Dude. But Hudson was phenomenal at the rookie camp this year. Definitely has got to be up there with, like, the top – I'd say he cracks, like, the top 25 college hockey players of all time. Defenseman, sorry. I think that's – oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Um. I think if you're looking at purely just the top prospects in hockey, I don't think there's a lot of guys that um, I would personally put ahead of him. Just he's he's just so good. And I, I think it's hard to – you don't want to overstate how talented he is. Um, and he might not even – like. I think it's hard to even say that he's the best defensive prospect in the NCAA because as we've spoken before, the NCAA puts out phenomenal offensive defensemen. <laughs> Luke Hughes, Luke Hughes is still there. Right. And you can make the argument that he is the best prospect in hockey currently. That's fair. Um, I would also argue David Yerchek might um, just what he's done in the AHL, but I don't, I think you'd be hard stretched to name 10 prospects in all of hockey who are better than Lane Hudson currently. Mm. And just in saying that, I think like you look at the, you think of the names you have in your top 10, right? Luke Hughes, Jiracek, um, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, um, Nemec, uh, who else would you like? An Alexander Holtz. Like these are guys that are going to be impact players and the elite players in the NHL. Lane Hudson being a part of that is just bodes so well for the Habs. Absolutely. I can get used to a couple of uh, great draft um, draft days with them. But with the group that's in charge now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hope we just keep fucking nailing it. If if that guy found an Adam Fox, which, I mean, wasn't hard to find, but if he can do that with the Rangers, maybe Lane Hudson could be that equivalent for him, for the Habs. Um, I do want to say, and, like, I think that often – People either people either give Gorton not enough credit or too much credit for the whole Adam Fox situation. <laughs> but I do think it's important to preface any discussion in saying that Adam Fox ha- held all the cards. Yeah, that's true. And realistically, Adam <laughs> Fox was going to play where Adam Fox wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Now, does Gorton deserve um a lot of credit for you know getting (laughs) excuse me 
getting um i mean i guess it's true because like come, yeah on, on your side it's like how hard is it really to sell playing in new york well exactly right like it's the big apple um i think like you're at the u.s mecca of hockey you know no absolutely and like i said you're he held all the fucking cards <laughs> so yeah i think he deserves some credit but let's not let's not go over the top but i do think there is a lot more reason for optimism than pessimism here that's fair that is fair um yeah so your school colors um definitely calling i got the hotline <laughs> i found the numbers of the the uh questions the questionnaire i guess or oh lord <laughs> i'm definitely calling tomorrow um you want to talk a little halves at two games uh, yeah we can talk some halves at kirby doc um in his return well before we get to, before we get to that we do have a ad by our sponsors over at DraftKings. Fans, are y'all ready for the underdogs, the upsets, the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason. So, yeah, we did have two games. We had uh, in the first game, Kirby Doc's return. And uh, what a return. Guy just acts like he wasn't out for fucking – how long was it? Oh, fuck, it feels like two months. Was it longer <clears throat> than two months, Kirby Doc? Um, Honestly, don't. It feels like it's last few months been kind of rare for me. Yeah, opens a scoring, dude. He's been phenomenal and like just it's like uh, another thing he checked off, like uh being injured for an extended amount of time and coming back and finding ring rhythm immediately. It's like another fantastic thing he did this season, and it was like sick as fuck uh it comes off of like i think someone put it on net or like it was like becoming a dead player or something like that and he like gets it back shoots and it like comes off of uh vasilevsky's like what his stick hand and he just kind of he's like right in front of it no no no, i'm sorry it it goes through his fucking legs okay it kind of looked like he uh at first glance it looked like he he like caught caught like a, a quick rebound and just like finished it off. But nonetheless, what more does he have to prove this season? Just take Kirby Doc doesn't 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Kirby Doc does not have to prove anything this season. Two goals since his return. Um, has been dominant. Look, looks like physically has been great. His talent has been there. His skill immediately back into the center position. His second game back uh, scores a goal off a great play from Suzuki and Matheson. And I think Doc is obviously a center. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do next season. Um, I think the Habs have a legit are gonna next season. And I'm gonna. I am a Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki supporter. I am bullish on Nick Suzuki. I think he has what it takes to be a number one center. I do. I know. I've been. You know. I. I do admit there's risk there, and I don't think it's guaranteed. But what I do guarantee is next season is gonna be a fucking battle. Regardless of who we draft. I think. Connor Bedard is the only guy we could draft that that pushes Kirby Doc out of a, a possible one seed. Not even that. Like I think, I think it's hard for any player to there as an eighteen year old be a number one center in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And with Bedard's size, I think that might be difficult too. But he's fucking Connor Bedard. So like, just anything I say, just assume Bedard <laughs> can break it. Okay, but. It's going to be a battle next season. And I know they get along and I know they have a lot of chemistry. Those two are fighting for the number one spot. I really do believe that. And I think Kirby Doc has the third overall high end skill to absolutely steal that job from Nick Suzuki. And I think that's something the team is very hesitant to do. I don't think it's bold, though. I think Suzuki has management, I think he has the coaching staff. I think this will be Nick Suzuki is the face of this. Like this is Nick. Actually, no, Nick Suzuki is this team, right? Mm-hmm. He is the face of the team. He is the face of the franchise. He's the captain. He's the stoic Patrice Bergeron-esque guy, right? Okay. But Patrice Bergeron has a David Pasternak and he has a Brad Marchand, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone's arguing who the best player on that on Boston Bruins team is. As good as Bergeron is, it's David Pasternak, right? Yep. I think Doc has the potential to be that to Nick Suzuki, which you mm-hmm. look at the way the Boston Bruins okay. <laughs> have okay. played okay. the last over a decade. That's a very good problem to have. Right. Um, it's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be really exciting to watch these two young guys, these young bucks who are going to absolutely battle they're competitive i i if we can see it they can see it right mm-hmm. it's gonna happen and it's gonna be exciting and i think we're gonna see a lot of offense because of it well we gave him a lot of uh a lot of credit and it's uh it's well deserving uh but here's one guy he's got two goals on the year now uh how about jonathan duran that night and if i'm not mistaken he wasn't even supposed to play apparently or it was the game before that. I don't remember. Drew and the game in lighting a fire got... under his ass. And it's working. He's looking great. Um, let me think. Are you talking about the game he was benched? Yeah, was that the first or the second Tampa game? It was the first, I think. I can't really remember. I don't um, remember. All I know is that he, 
you know, honestly, uh, he's uh, he's been playing pretty well. I know I said something a little like uh, like I would move him if I'm not mistaken, like a, an episode or so ago. Uh, but he's been playing pretty good, and you know, uh, he sits a game whether it's it's the game we won or the game we lost. Uh, the second game, he fucking scores a goal, and it's dirty. And uh, kudos to Duran for for finding the back of the, the back of the net. But Gurianov sets a pass to him with two defensemen on him and and four total. Like, I'm sorry, just just four guys on him, two defensemen, two forwards, but. That goal isn't as pretty, I think, or as skillful as as Gurionov getting it past four guys to get it to a streaking Jonathan Duran. No, and Gurionov had another great pass tonight too. Just to uh, did he really? I didn't get a chance to watch it. Fucking gorgeous! I've been um, new management um, <laughs> learning. <laughs> it's unfortunate. But no, dude, I can't help but admit that Gurionov has been just insanely fun to watch. And uh, we haven't even gotten to Mike Matheson, who, who's, uh, who's been just, just been the best player for this team for fucking a solid month. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes off the, the season like this. No, he's been great. Um, has demonstrated his skating ability really well. Did so again tonight. Um, I think Matheson's just been phenomenal for us. Uh, he really hasn't had. I mean, his last cold streak, January January twenty eighth. He starts January thirty first. And every game since has only been one. Two, three, four, five, six games where he was held off of the sheet, the offensive score sheet. Yeah, that's crazy. He's fucking crazy good right now. And he's he's averaging like like 24 shifts a night. God, and he's playing big fucking minutes too. 27's looking. No, I'd say it's close to like 25 is his average. Wow, dude. I don't know if you've if you've just looked at Mike Matheson's sheets, his game logs for a while, dude. It's it's incredible. Like I said earlier, dude, like I'd give this dude 30 <laughs> miss 30 games to play 40 like this. Sorry, I thought you were, I thought no, no, you were no, I'm sorry. I'm just there. I'm I'm just I'm just chilling. Um, honestly, I love Jeff Petrie, but fuck, dude. I make this trade every time. Oh, absolutely. I make this fucking trade every time. Just like the PK one. little upset about it. Shea Weber's that, like, the glimmers of an unreal Shea Weber was worth it. Because poor PK's back just, like, crumbled before Shea Weber's did. No, Matheson has been... We make like great, on a, mostly on a great defensive trades. Yeah, um, I I don't have anything bad to say about the Mike Matheson deal. I think he's been great. Um, I want him to stay a while. I know we talked about that like a episode ago, but yeah, I don't want to. I, I need this guy. Like, I want this guy to. 
to help the future of this team. Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to talk about him too much because uh, we did <laughs> recently, but yeah, he's been great and definitely deserves the shout out. But um, I think uh, we've covered a good deal today. Was there anything else you wanted to get into before we uh, wrap things up here? Mm, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think we're pretty good, dude. I think uh, I've said enough stupid shit today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys uh once again for oh toll like free one eight one eight five five oh, my trend. Even. Um <laughs> give them a call. We appreciate all your support. Um, as always, we'll be back again with another episode soon. Um, and I look forward to guys to talking to you guys again um in the future. So that's what happens nightly. Thank y'all. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.